Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. It's always good to start the day with you. In the studio this morning is Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church, and Vinny Hanke from Valley Life Community Church. Gentlemen, it is always a pleasure to sit around the table with you. Thank you for being here and being willing to give a little of your day to talk about, hopefully, things of importance. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Russ. The Gospel for Life. Yes. Yes, sir. We have been working our way through covenant theology, um, hopefully a beneficial series for you. It's not a topic I that it's really talked about a lot in broad Christendom. Um, there are a ton of books on it, but it really is primarily in kind of the Reformed little niche of uh, book writing. Um, so if you're not necessarily swimming in that particular area you might not have come across a lot of literature on this even though there is a lot out there i'm going to just not plug books i'm just going to plug the conference and say um, this october 21st and 22nd we have the reformation boise conference information is at reformationboise.com speakers derek thomas and joel beakey speaking on the theme of the church the conference title is O church arise more and more details are coming in about the specifics of the conference all of that just to say that we've got a ton of books that are going to be for sale at the conference and if you are lacking resources in covenant theology there will be um, quite a few on hand that you can kind of shore up your um, covenant theology um, sliver of your library um, just by coming to the conference. So something also to look forward to. So we have been talking about the different covenants, specifically the different administrations of the one covenant of grace, how God has entered into covenant with different people throughout the history of the church, especially the church of the Old Testament, so the Noahic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and then the new covenant, each of those has signs and seals attached to them. So um, maybe just step, take a step back, talk to the listener about this whole idea of signs and seals. What are they? Why are they important? And then we'll deal with the specific covenants themselves. I think, uh, I mean, signs and seals are given to us by God as a visible means to confirm his promise. Um, one that shows up that we all see whenever it rains is the rainbow, uh, part of the Noahic covenant. It's the sign and seal of God's promise to never do that again as far as flooding the earth. And one of the things that, you know, as growing up, I always thought, okay, why is it called a rainbow? I mean, because the, the bow there in that word in, in the original language is the same as an archer's bow. And uh, if you consider, you know, how an archer's bow in war or in peacetime would have been stored, it would have been hung up on a wall. Um, if you kind of consider the rainbow, it's not a bow that's pointing down towards the earth. It's a reminder and a symbol of God's grace that in a sense, at least relating to a flood, God has placed his bow of judgment up and uh, he won't judge in that way again. Abrahamic covenant. Yeah, we get the covenant sign of circumcision given to Abraham and his descendants uh, eight at the after eight days of old, the cutting away of the flesh. 
Um, this is a sign that marked the, the visible representation of God's people. Uh, grateful to be a New Testament Christian, so uh, no <laughs> so, longer required. Yeah. There's always a spiritual um, attachment to the physical sign. So what is being attached to circumcision? Well, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, the, the, the promise itself, you know, the... And it was, you know, one of the things that we need to understand is this this promise is an everlasting promise. This sign and seal is an everlasting promise. It was given to Abraham. And in one sense, we'll see that the sign itself changes, you know, when we come into, um, you know, the New Testament church. But the promise that exists in it always remain the same. That's the everlasting part, but you know this. The you know in Romans chapter uh, four, we actually get the language of sign and seal. You know, we're told that, um, let's see, Romans four eleven, Abraham received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still circumcised. So there's a a credo, a believer's aspect to that, but also his. His children received it before they had faith. Uh, they received this sign and seal of the promise that was inherent in this covenant of grace. I will be a God to you and to your children after you um, as an everlasting covenant. And this is the same promise that we heard at <coughs> Pentecost, you know, where, where Peter is announcing this, you know, at Pentecost. You know, when people ask, how shall we be saved? Um, the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so this is one of the reasons why we, when we even get to the New Testament, we can see, you know, and baptism becomes that link to the circumcision. You know, Vinny said he's glad he's a New Testament believer, um, you know, because, you know, those that came to faith would receive a, a a sign, not by human hands, but by baptism. So just real quickly on that, we do believe that there are some changes that happen from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Old Covenant to the New Test, our New Covenant, and one of those is that anything that was associated with blood in the Old Covenant, um, because of the, the finished work of Jesus Christ, there is no more shedding of blood. Mm -hmm. And so circumcision involves a cutting away, and the spiritual imagery is that it's a cutting away of um, the sinful aspect of, of who we are. Um, that, and then mm -hmm. in baptism, because there's no longer shedding of blood, which circumcision would involve, now baptism has taken its place as the, as the sign Mm -hmm. of this everlasting covenant with Abraham, mm -hmm. which instead of the cutting away of sin, it's the washing away of sin. Mm -hmm. And so it's, the link is the same, the teaching is the same, the administration is different. Mm -hmm. And so if you've ever wondered, well, why do we baptize children in the Reformed world? It's because we believe in the continuity of what God had promised as an everlasting promise to Abraham and his seed after him. Mm-hmm. And the New Testament overwhelmingly confirms that that wasn't a Jewish problem, promise. That was a promise to all those that are sons and daughters uh, of God who are those that have faith in Jesus Christ, are the true children of Abraham. And so that's why we see continuity in baptism with regard to the baptizing of 
the infants of those within the covenant community. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we talk about the the community of God being grown by conversion, those who are outside converting into it, first generation, but then also the the covenant community being grown by covenant, those being born within the context of a Christian family or a family that exists already in the covenant. Mm-hmm. So when, it, when we have those that come into the, the church or the covenant community by conversion, we all here in the room do practice adult baptism, yep. credo baptism. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had several people ask me since mm-hmm. I've been a pastor here in town, well, you guys don't believe in believer's baptism. I'm like, oh, no, no. Yes, we do. <laughs> we also bapt- we mm-hmm. baptize those within the covenant as part of being part of the, the families that already are part of the covenant, infant baptism, but we also believe in adult baptism for those that come in that have never been mm-hmm. a part of the church. And I think an important distinction that you made, Russ, off air is the fact that these signs do not establish the covenant. They're a, a visible representation of the signs of the promises, but the covenant itself is established by God at a point not tied to the administration of mm-hmm. the sign. Yeah, these are an acknowledgement of what God has already said in mm-hmm. his promise to be a God to us mm-hmm. and to our to our children. Um Thinking of like First uh, Corinthians seven, uh, the children of believers are marked holy. Yeah. So we talk about like what what is the mark that marks a children of a believer as holy different from the children of a non-believer? And we yeah. believe it's the sign and seal of, of baptism mm-hmm. that that child has received. We think about seal. Uh, if you think about um, the old letter writing sta- uh, style, where you would seal yeah. a piece of paper with wax and then the, the king's signet ring, it would mark that this was a letter from him. It was his seal. Baptism serves as that. These are people that belong this to is, Christ. This, this is God's promise. This is God's promise. This is God's promise. Don't miss this. This is God's promise. Yeah, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then the next one is the Mosaic Covenant. What is the, the sign there? So that would be the Sabbath. That would be a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So the Sabbath is the sign of the Mosaic Covenant. Um, this is part of the reason why I think the Sabbath is ongoing. The nature of the Sabbath changed in the New Testament because of um, resurrection. the resurrection of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ changed the Sabbath from a Saturday to a Sunday, if you're using the terminology of our days of the week. Um, and from the seventh day to the first, to day, the first of the day of the week. And, and where we get that is when Moses is called to go and deliver the people. You know, God says to him in Exodus chapter 3, like, this will be a sign to you. You will come and worship me on this mountain. Yep. We don't have time to develop this. The first day of the week is really the eighth day yep. now, which corresponds to the day in which Christ resurrected. Christ resurrected, but also to circumcision of, of the little boys of the Old Testament. So, I would commend that as a further study. Um, you might find that interesting. One of the books we recommended will cover that in depth. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, so one of the books we recommended will cover that in depth. Yes. Just also briefly to that, I mean, whenever we read of Christ meeting with his disciples and teaching them, it was always on that eighth day. Yep. So it's, and it was usually in the evening. So mm-hmm. if your church has evening worship, go Kudos. to it. Kudos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if the, not, ask them why. The next one is the Davidic covenant. So what are we dealing with there? Signs and seals. As far as I know, there isn't a sign of the Davidic covenant. Um, yeah, I was trying to think through. Like, I mean, I don't think there is one described in Scripture. I'm sure some of these our covenants, like covenant theologian scholars, what's already been. Yep, are going to come and correct us, right? But I don't know of one either for that or the new covenant. 
covenant. Well, the new covenant. The, the, the signs of, of the new covenant. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah was saying, Sorry, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. in the New Testament, the sign we would of the say, new covenant would be the Lord's Supper. Yep. The, and and baptism and baptism so we would say that the new covenant two carried over into the new testament i would actually say three um official sacraments of the church are baptism and lord's supper and the continuity of sabbath observation and worship i think is a continuation of the the sign of of what Mm -hmm. was true in the old testament but not at a sacramental level um but just as a this is what God has further decreed for the church to ongoing worship of him on the, on the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. So just to reiterate, in the New Testament era, as a New Testament Christian, as part of the church, we believe that there are still signs and seals, um, that baptism is a, a, a sign and seal of what began with the Abrahamic covenant and that baptism is really just another um, sign of the internal work of, did I say yeah, baptism again? Yeah. Lord's Supper is a, a another sign and seal of this new covenant reality. Well, through, throughout the Old Testament, though, you know, when you know, we've talked about there was one covenant of grace. And so really when, we, when we're talking about that sign and seal, the, that, that sign and seal and that one covenant of grace was the, the sign of circumcision. This, you know, it's abrogated in just in, in what is done because, as you pointed out, it's not a bloody sign anymore. You know, it is not the putting off of the body of the flesh by circumcision, but um, being buried with Christ in baptism now uh, that is the sign. So it is still connected through the Old and New Testament. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you tomorrow.